This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast covering Ipswich Town since 2015. I'm Richard Woodward and this is the flagship show, Sunderland at Home Edition, available each week on podcast, audio and video. Joining me this week for an hour or so of a reverend, but always informative Ipswich Town chat as we pack out Blue Monday, just as Port Monroe was packed out on Saturday. Um, in no particular order, David Diamond, Craig Fimbo and Seb Brown. Are you all going to be, I need a commitment right now, better behaved, I'm looking at you, Fimbo, in particular, better behaved than the group, the, the herding of cats I had to do for the Kieran McKenna live show. That was chaotic. Or do I need to start muting people? Are we all going to be on our best behaviour? Craig, Absolutely. Yes, yes, Mr. Woodward. There you go. Good man. How are you, Craig? How are you guys? Well, he's looking upset now. You I, know what I, you did. I'm going to use the word chastised. Chastised. Well, I have to... I don't know what it means, but I'm going to use it. It's a new era under a new manager, and I have to set the discipline early doors. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Are you doing all right? Yes, thank you very much. Yeah, all good. Un- unscathed, as things stand, touch wood from that... Yeah. Uh, COVID soup of yesterday, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Can and I just but, say, Rich, I think ooh. Seb looks like he's chewing. Or oh, is he? Have you got something so, to share with the class? I'll get fine for that. <laughs> Spit it out, Seb. Spit, Spit it, it out. out. In my hand. No, I don't. Um, there we, uh, no one likes the grass, David Diamond, but how are you? <laughs> <laughs> St- snitches get stitches. Uh, tell us about that. So there is a O. 204 away shirt or is it 0304 yeah yeah i dug it out the other day funny enough i in the loft getting the christmas lights and uh general paraphernalia down i thought oh here's a bag of shirts goodness me forgot i had them and that is um i played a couple of times in the um uh, back in the day when i had the fans games at games at portman road so that was the shirt obviously i was playing for the away team then that was the shirt i had from i think the first game um 
Yeah, which I'll tell you exactly when it was, because you know I've got sort of a bit of a daft memory. It was the Monday after a very disappointing hammering by Wimbledon, I think, pretty much oh, in the last game one. of the season. A bit of a four one, was it something like that? Five, I think. So um yeah, that was that was a uh, long time. As you said, oh two, oh four. So that must have been two thousand and three, I reckon. Um oh. a great fun. I mean absolutely yeah. brilliant. When uh, like you said before, I had my bionic arm and dodgy knees and stuff <laughs> like that. So it was um yeah, it was good to good to dig that one out. So I thought I'll put that one up. If you've got any other rarities in the bag, just keep it to yourself and DM me. Yeah, I know. I know. I've shared. I have. You know, I have. I've shared that with you guys before. Yeah, I'm still still finding them. I'm sort of dotted around up there. But yeah. yeah. And uh, Seb, um, we caught up on Friday um, and you're around and we thought, well, you haven't been on Why the flagship not? for a while. So pack out Blue Monday. How are you? It's nice, thanks. Yeah, I'm spending a rare weekend up in up in Chester, so nice to come back the on the border. flagship. But I'm I'm very jealous because it looks very very sunny where Craig and Dave are, whereas all I've got is like one degree in fog. Um, so uh, maybe I've made the wrong choice. Maybe I should be in right. Suffolk this weekend, eh? It's, Craig's just got his um his, his suntan lights out. I think. Isn't it? I'm in Essex, mate. You he's know Essex. damn well I've got my suntan lamp yeah, on. Look, he's, he's, he's going orange. He's going orange as we speak. <laughs> we, it's uh, Christmas Clementine. And I'm literally yeah. two miles away, probably from Rich. So Rich can, t- um, and my weather isn't any different here, Grim. unfortunately. Grim, foggy here. Um, oh. There's, there's the weather. Let's deal with the news, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> and I guess um, I've now got the news from um, Craig on Thursday. Oh, so it was like ages ago. Seb on Friday. So on the flagship, Dave, tell us your views of Kieran McKenna's appointment. Wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, news of it broke quite late in the day. So I think it was appointed Thursday. Well, he's appointed while well, you guys were on air, for goodness sake. So how good is that? Thursday, so yeah. I think first whisper of it came through, I think, Wednesday, was it? Maybe? I can't remember. I can't recall it seeing being um, earlier than that. Um, a gamble. For me, a gamble. But, you know, you look at his coaching credentials, for goodness sake, they're pretty much second to none, I think. Retired early as a player. Obviously, a decent, fairly decent player. I think he had Northern Ireland under 21. Um, retired to retire early, young as a player. Went straight into coaching, I think, with Spurs. Did he overlap with Kluger? Not, I'm not sure. There's some talk I think he may he was have a youth done. I'm not, player. When I'm he was a youth player, sure. he When did. he was playing, okay. He was and under then, um, John McDermott and Alex Inglethorpe. Oh yeah, okay. Again, again, you know, good names. Um, ended up at <laughs> ended up at Man U. Ultimately Let's under do. under Mourinho. I mean, pff, so look, the 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 guy's coaching credentials are second to none. As is his number two, who's come across as mm. uh, who's come over as well. Who sat quietly, obviously started with those up the um up the road, and also starting his coaching career with them. I was reading a bit about him. He's had an interesting career, hasn't he? He spent mm. time in a state sort of conditioning coach for, I think, New York Yankees for a time. Yeah, and LA Lakers. Like so, look, an interesting appointment. I mean, you know, personally, I, I, I thought, I didn't know which way it was going to go this time last week when certain managers were being talked and we all said, hang on, is that really not too dissimilar to the outgoing manager? No names. And perhaps at that time I wanted a um yeah, a more how can I put it, aggressive aggressive type to perhaps, <laughs> yeah. perhaps have a go for the last sort of half season and then see. But this is the you know, if if, if not that, this is this is the best thing. Uh, it's a, a huge a, a huge gamble. Yeah, it's it's a departure, but quite an exciting departure. Um I think if we were going to go down this route his name came to the frame so late in the day. I think people were thinking, looking at the Chelsea guy, Barry from Chelsea, mm-hmm. it would have been a very similar type appointment. But um, 
yeah, um, hopefully exciting times ahead under a, young, a, a sort of young and innovative coach from what I've read. And I think what you guys mentioned on Thursday, uh, the feedback you get from the players as work under him, that he's, he's um, you know, his coaching sessions are interesting and, you know, lively and obviously not surprisingly innovative. So better coach yep. players. So hopefully it, it can be transported onto the, onto the pitch, but a big job. It is a big job, yeah. Big job. The one thing that's interesting to me, Seb, and I'll come to you on this specifically because I think Martin Pert started at least, I don't know whether he concluded a, an accounting degree at Loughborough University. Um, you, you may or may not have walked past him in the, uh, drinking purple nasty at your student union, maybe. I tried to avoid the sports science kind of area. Ah, the losers. Okay, yeah, but I kind of walked walk past my way to the bar. It's, it's interesting that... Far too fit. Uh, definitely... Uh, Football has, has always been kind of closed off to non-football people. You know, even Makira McKenna is a footballer who's gone straight into coaching. Whereas Martin Pert's background is academic and then it is fitness related. He's not mm. got a playing career. I know I kind of he was at Norwich City's Academy, wasn't he, before I get too far ahead of myself. He was. But it is interesting that more and more coaches now aren't necessarily lifers in the game. Um it, it just shows how it's changed, doesn't it? In the last the last few years, you know, you need you need multiple strings to your bow. Some of the best managers weren't necessarily great players, and I guess we're now moving to an era where sports science, data, statistics, analysis is all going to come to the front, and there will be markets for guys that have that have never worked in in football before. Uh, and you slagged off the University of Chester a few weeks ago. Presumably, you wouldn't slag off the University of Loughborough. Absolutely not. No, top ten oh, university. There you go. Good stuff. I, I don't know how to get from there to where I'm going to next. So I'm just going to do a very clunky. So the, the Kevin Beatty statue was unveiled yesterday. Um, after a long wait, um, I think he was supposed to be unveiled at some point earlier in the year. Um, our greatest ever player, accepted as our greatest ever player, 222 apps, 24 goals, nine caps for England, but a career cruelly cut short by injury, as we know. Um, a man who made um, Ipswich his home and made Ipswich Town his club. Um, a statue was unveiled on um, Saturday morning by his daughter Emma with a great deal of ITFC alumni past and present in attendance, including Alan Hunter, um, Mick Mills, Russell Osman, uh, John Walk, um, Jason Dizel, uh, Luke Chambers, Tommy Smith for more, more recent times, David Sheepshanks, um, Michael Leary, Mark Ashton, and Burke Bakai, Mark Detmer from the new owners. Um, Craig, um, your thoughts on the statues outside Port Monroe? I mean, is is it good to mark our history, or are you one of these people that kind of thinks we need to think more about the present? Oh, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. You you missed uh, David Diamond from the uh, ITFC. Oh, I was going to come to him. Don't worry. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I don't. I don't think there's any any problem with it at all. As you say, you know, the issue you may well have had is if you you know you start putting up um, statues for everyone because suddenly it starts looking like ancient rome these like you know, <laughs> statues lining the entire streets of uh, of portman road but um yeah i think it's yeah suit a very suitable um what's what i'm looking for uh what's what i'm looking for I don't suitable know, no i don't know fitting tribute, tribute. a fitting tribute thank you there david you um yeah a fitting tribute perfect and yeah nicely positioned as well it's a, it's a decent little spot there as well on the on the corner for the you know the council have donated etc etc so yeah it's a, it's a, a good little corner we've got sir bob's um image on the on the t corner of the stand and and sir ralph and kevin Beatty in the other corner and you've now got the option of meeting at sir ralph or <laughs> at the beat 
haven't you? Which um, is all, I think it'd be more appropriate to, to meet at the beat, wouldn't it? For, yeah, meet at the beat go, for a beer, quick beer. I was going to say, if you're going into town for a beer, Dave, yeah. you, as, as Craig mentioned, you you were there um, yesterday or Saturday. Your thoughts on the whole um, the whole tribute and the event as well? Yeah, it was good. I mean, look, he's acknowledged as our, as our greatest ever player. I think personally, yes, it should probably stop there now. <laughs> um and it was, yeah, it was great. As you say, a lot of the old ex-layers were there. It was about, I don't know, two or three hundred people down there. It was just quite nice, quite nice atmosphere. His daughter did the un- did the unveiling, which was nice. And, uh, you know, as you said, the ex-players, came, you know, all stood up and said it and said a word about him. So, yeah, it was, um, yeah, just a nice, just a nice, a nice thing. As you said, it's been delayed because of one thing and another, probably mostly the pandemic. But um, no, it was good to see it finally. Good to see it finally there and a you said a, a good tribute to our undoubtedly our greatest ever player to date. And it's and you kind of I asked a question to Craig about um history and marking history because we get a lot of of the very few things that Norwich City fans can point at us. We do wallow in our history, but that's because we have a history. And I'm kind of thinking of clubs of a similar stature. There won't be too many who've got two England managers outside the ground nah. and an England international, um, one of the greatest players of that era outside their stadiums. Particularly, I'm trying to think, if if I was building a statue outside Norwich, it, it would be Paul Lambert <laughs> or Jeremy Goss. Do you know what I mean? It, I just wanted to, because a lot of people, a lot of the younger people watching, listening to this, would not have been around during those eras. Certainly, I don't think I was. I was probably born just after them. So... You- it kind of reflects that this is a club which does have stature that of in recent times has probably fallen below that, isn't it? Yeah, it's you, good to you remind just can't you appreciate. This is where you, you should know, be. Gro- yeah, growing up, very, very privileged. Obviously, I'd, I'd want my younger years back, but you know, growing up in that in that era was just just. But it's the thing. I've, I've spoken to so many friends since then, and schoolmates and stuff. We used to follow town up and down the country at times, and you just took it for granted. You, you did those those that era, mid seventies to early eighties. You just did, and <laughs> yeah, it's tough to explain to to people now because of the lack of social media, then the lack of TV exposure. For goodness sake, you know, when I say say younger younger fans, sometimes you speak to them and say, "Gosh, you know, if if you know if if football not say in social media coverage, but if football had the TV coverage back then, we'd never be playing on a Saturday afternoon. We'd just be on we'd be on Sundays. We'd be playing every our games would be shown every single week. You know, it's um." Yeah, that's where it. That's where it, you sort of think back and think, "Wow, yeah, we had it. Yeah, it was. It was just superb, great times." And look, so uh, Robson came in, um, perhaps. Well, yeah, as essentially a coach. Yeah, he was a coach. He was an out-and-out coach. That was his love. And you know, look what happened from there. So Fingers hopefully, crossed. there's a symmetry to it. Hopefully, Craig, who'd, if if you were to build a statue outside Portman Road of your favourite player, who would it be? Don't know, really. It's difficult, <laughs> difficult choice. What pose is he doing? It'd be not celebrating a similar. Well, you think the problem you'd have is you'd need you'd need to have like a an 80, 90 yard long statue of Neil Thompson whacking the ball and like the flight of the ball, and then Steve Witten headering it from the right wing, wouldn't you? Back into the middle to Dazelle and Kawami. That'd be have to be a hell of a you know plinth to fit all that on. Would it be the pose of him whipping that crossing against Liverpool? 
very possibly or yeah. or he's you know like they've got outside um st james's park of shearer with his arm in the air it'd be the steve witten just trudge back and a cheeky handshake on the way back having scored a goal yeah. <laughs> sort of those slumped shoulders yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, don't and, his, and his lumpy thigh yeah that'd be it as long as, long as the sculptor got that lump in his <laughs> thigh then, yeah exactly yeah, that right. and and seb yours would be david johnson pointing to the back of his shirt wouldn't it oh yeah, yeah. or doing the splits or leaping in doing the air the like he did against man city when he scored that header yeah but you'd have to do a Marcus wow. Stewart statue as well then so we could continue the debate about which statue is better yeah yeah well the Marcus Stewart one would be Marcus Stewart pose what would that I think it would be he'll be taking it around a goalkeeper surely. taking it around a goal it would be yeah you'd need Paul Gerrard on the floor <laughs> yeah and Mark or Sander Vestervelt on the floor and Stewart and Carragher going like that that would be Paul Gerrard, Sander Vestervelt, um, Jaska Leinen, any of them really. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. Oh, the, yeah, Jaska Leinen, that's the <laughs> one, yeah. There you go. Um, let in the comments, let us know your Ipswich Town statue of choice from your time watching the club and what they would be doing. And there you go. I've, I've gone very partridge there. I'm going to move us on, move us on to some actual football, guys. And in front of a bumper crowd 29,005 um albeit maybe some pockets of seats for obvious reasons um a, a lot of change guys we obviously saw second half a change in formation we've got plenty of questions on those on that so we won't drill too much into that but quite a lot of changes of personnel some um not surprising some surprising let me talk you through them and then we'll get some opinions wolfenden came in um for uh, I guess notionally for Burgess, um, Edmondson shifted to the left of that um, back three, as it was, um, with Danassin over on the right. Penny in at left wing back. A big surprise. We thought he was injured, but Jesus returned just in front of his for his birthday. As Wes Burns um, took up position on the right wing. Um, his first appearance since the Oldham Cup replay. Aluko moved into an attacking midfield position centrally, which I really liked. That meant Chaplin dropped out, Edwards dropped out. And Norwood, probably our form striker at the moment, on the back of a goal against Wigan and a combative, albeit quiet, performance against Barrow, most people were, comes in for Joe Piggott. Um, Craig, your thoughts on that selection? Well, I think when it first came out, no one was sure of the formation, were they? It, it, it could have been a very, very flat 4-4-2 with the same personnel, couldn't it? And that's sort of what we all assumed it would be to start with. But then... Uh, I think Stuart Watson, um, East Anglian, said that it's actually going to be a 3-5-2. And when you looked at it then, you thought, well, yeah, it does fit the personnel. We, you know, we, we're not the only ones to have said it. It seems to have fit the, the personnel and it allows us both to get two up front and to keep three in midfield. It's sort of, it's the, it's the best of both worlds. Um, and as you say, Rich, you know, moving Aluko to, you know, the latest in the number of, line of a number of tens you know we'll have another one you've got almost more number tens we've had left backs this year so far <laughs> um and i suppose you know, wolfenden having played the second half at barrow in that in that back three edmondson being better on the left as well or, you know playing better on the left i'm not saying he's not going to no, no good on the right but yeah and using using Danassian as a center half as well rather than the right just shows his uh, versatility yes, as well didn't it so indeed. it just looked a nice nice balanced team didn't it it did, I, and and I think a lot of us have been saying for a while that a three at the back would would provide that balance, and um, so it proved to be. And here's the phone call, early doors. Who's that? There it is. Me. Um, Whoever rings on my landline. Who rings on my landline? Landline. I'm 2021. I think I've had a landline in. It's still there, and it's still there, Grandma. 
Never so like mind. In, well, in-laws and stuff like that that have got. Yeah, oh, for those emergency two a.m. phone calls that you yeah. dread. Yeah, I'm, I may or may not cut that one out. I don't know. I'll ever think about that. Um, <laughs> Dave, your thoughts on Norwood as well? Sorry, Certainly... what was the question? Then? <laughs> yeah. My thoughts on Norwood. Um, my thoughts on Norwood. Yes, um, good to, for me. Good to see him back in the back in the starting lineup. But you know, did well. Did well. Again against did well against Wigan, as you said, was at least competitive for a time against against Barrow. So yeah, I wasn't totally surprised to see him in there. Was I a bit surprised that he played started up front with Bond? Maybe yes. I thought Bond may have might have been due for a due for a rest. Was, yeah. it, it's a strange one. I don't know if there's any questions going to come up against Bond. Correct me if if is, there is. is. Okay, fine. So I'll, yeah. I'll leave that. But yeah, good to see him in there. As I said before, you, I just like to see him around the squad if he's not starting. If he is clearly now back in favour, uh, yeah, he'd certainly be, should should be in and around the squad and if not certainly on the bench, if not starting as a on the bench as an impact player for sure. Yep. Seb, we spoke about Sunderland on Friday, obviously. Um, they're going um, into this game third in the league off the back of four wins and two draws since they turned their season around by beating us against the run of play and um, beat Plymouth last time out. Um, and Seb, an unchanged team, I think it was, and in players in positions that you called on on the pre-match. Right? Exactly how we expected it. Yeah, they've settled with this three at the back since they beat us. It's like a 3-4-3 three, three, or it kind of becomes a 3-4-1-2. Pritchard sort of drops in the hole between, uh, behind Stewart and Broadhead, doesn't he? So exactly as we were expecting, that's the, the, the formation change which has sort of turned their season around a little bit. So there were no surprises with their lineup at all, were there? No, and I, I kind of I like I found on whoscored.com you can find average positions, and it was interesting yesterday that it was the same formation that they played against Plymouth, but a lot narrower. And I don't know whether that was a result of the way that we were playing, or a, a conscious decision perhaps on on their part to push us out wide. I don't know, um, but that was the only kind of obvious thing different that I saw there. Um, Nathan Broadhead online from Everton, Ross Stewart top scorer up front, um, some good threat there for them, but. Um, and Ipswich, a Portman Road buoyed by the flags, um, the presence of some of the game changer guys, the presence of Kieran McKenna, and it was a first half performance certainly of real intent and energy, wasn't it, guys? I mean, there's there's a few chances here in the first half, none of them really clear cut. Um, Aluko. Um, Burns, Nord kind of combine a nice little flick back by Nord into Burns, who's quite close in, hits the side netting. Um, big chance on 10 minutes here. Thoughts on on this from someone? Um, Burns down the right. Um, nice little flick in by Norwood, kind of a Luco and Burns going for the same ball. Burns is quickest. This cross comes over Craig and Penny Dubair. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Let's see. And that would have crowned off that first 10 minutes, wasn't it? Because we really went at them for that first 10 minutes. The the tempo, the pace, the directness, if that's a word, it, it deserved um, it deserved a goal. And, you know, how often have we said that, flip flip it round, how often have we been under pressure for a small amount of time and we concede? Yeah, it, it, it always it seems to end up in a goal, whereas conversely, it doesn't seem to do it for us. We could be pounding at a door for... 45 plus one minutes and you know may may score at the end of it but yeah burns started off fantastically didn't he that certainly that first 10 minutes 50 minutes in front of dave and i he was just get every time they were getting the ball and even edmondson was trying to ping it over to the right wing to get him on the ball they were just feeding him and he had gooch on toast in that first half he was just knocking it past him at will 
Um, and he was, and to be fair to him, you know what you, what you do sometimes a criticism of Burns is that he'll get a bit, um, he'll lose his head a bit when he gets to cross the ball. But he was he seemed to be picking out men with the ball, you know, whether it be the you know a floated up ball to the far post or a you know a cut back along the floor, whatever it happened to be, he just seemed to be on it from the very start. And then say so in this instance, he hung up to the far post and Burns, his fellow um, wing back from the other side, Penny, exactly what sorry. Sorry, Penny. Exactly what you want is they're attacking when the when the other you know they're attacking the far post when you're crossing it from the other side, and he's just got to hit the target, isn't he? Just completely fluffs his lines, and yeah, I think that would have that would have got everyone absolutely buzzing. And that first ten minutes, I thought was fantastic. Yeah, it was good. Uh, worth mentioning as well, Craig, about Burns is he'll go on to play the entire match, and it was what I found bizarre was, and I think we might have exchanged messages to this to this effect is. This guy hasn't played since the, the middle of November, has come back in out of nowhere, not aware he's played any reserve or under 23 football, and looked the same old player that we knew from the start of the season. It was quite a quite a reappearance, wasn't it, from Burns yesterday? Did that surprise Resurrection, you? Mate, just to Resurrection, mate, just to take on your uh, theme one, one step a few months further. But were you surprised that he wasn't one of the subs in the second half? Yeah, I suppose, yeah, but uh, he... He, what he, and he, he played there for Fleetwood, didn't he? That's what that was his position for Fleet, wasn't it? I think the right right wing back. Um, so it's not alien to him. But now, as you say, monumental um, in terms of fitness. But McGrill said afterwards, didn't he, that he was gagging to play last week. So it, I don't think it was as if he was a million miles off last mm-hmm. week. So you know, another week or so okay. getting fit, match fit, etc. Yeah, he was yeah fantastic yesterday, and it goes to show what we've missed, and you know potentially goes to show what Paul Cook missed, doesn't it? True. Yeah. Well, more on that. Later, I'm kind of changing the order a little bit here. So, um, Dave, I'm going to come to you for the for the goal in a minute. So, be prepared for that. Seb, though, I want to ask you about this. Um, kind of, I don't know whether it's just a consequence of the lineup or a consequence of the instructions or a consequence of the adrenaline that's flowing because of the atmosphere. I'd argue this is probably our most combative performance of the season so far. Certainly, a game for Morsey, um, who was doing really well against his opposite number. Was it? Um, uh, Richard, Richard, Richard and Neil. Richard, the one he kept clattering into. Evans was busy. He clacked, cl- clashes with Diaku. I think it's Diaku um, on thirty-seven. who stays down and is taken off. But you've got Bon and Norwood as well. So, do you think that was a, a coincidence, or was that maybe planned by McGreal? Well, I guess you know with Bon and Nord up front, the, the centre-backs playing against them are never going to get a minute's piece, are they? They're constantly going to be there. The ball's going to going to stick with them. They're going to be putting themselves about. And the whole team just seems so up for it. It's such a contrast to what we saw at Charlton, where there was no fight, no passion. Uh, we saw all that yesterday, for well, certainly for the, the first 45 minutes without question. And it was great to see, wasn't it? You know, we had Evans and Morsey breaking things up. Pritchard, like Craig just said, didn't get a kick. And I think, did you put in the, in the WhatsApp group, he kept whinging every time he was tackled by Morsey to the ref. And the, the Sunderland bench were in the fourth official's ear and stuff and it's what you want to see you know you want to make Port Monroe a, a horrible place for other teams to come we're so we're so nice and we're so easy normally to play against and you want to make that a bit of a cauldron so you know the atmosphere factor was built into it the players seemed really really up for it I guess you've got you know the the new the new manager in the stand watching on you've got the the atmosphere kicking in and it was just great to see and hopefully we'll get to see more of it now with the new guy some stats for you um against Sunderland duels won um 61 for Ipswich um, 47 for Sutherland. Against Charlton, 48 duels won. Um, Charlton won 56. Aerial's about the same. Tackles, though, twice as many tackles yesterday as Charlton, which I guess wouldn't be a surprise. Only 11 tackles made against Charlton. 22 
tackles made yesterday. That kind of illustrates the point, doesn't it? More, honestly, Morsey yesterday was a nasty little sod. He was he was every and he was as I say he was kicking Pritchard fairly and unfairly, and Pritchard was bitching and moaning. If he wasn't moaning to the referee, he was turning to Lee Johnson and moaning at him as if Lee Johnson can do anything about it. And and, and even when Sunderland were breaking were breaking the ball, yeah, exactly that, yeah, Dad, Dad, he keeps kicking me. Um, but even when Sunderland were breaking with the ball, he was throwing people to the floor out of the out of the eye shot of the referee. The referee's looking that way, whereas meanwhile, Morsey's you know, actually literally throwing someone to the floor in the centre circle and getting in their ear and stuff. It was just a proper, horrible, nasty midfield performance. Exactly what you need from him. Every And he didn't get booked, did he? So I don't think he did. He, he trod a very thin line. I mean, yeah. What, what, yeah, it's a good point. What Pritchard was doing was moaning at Johnson and they were in the fourth official's ear. Probably the most yeah. I've ever seen a, 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 a opposing side this season. And it goes on. We know it goes in, on week in, week out. But they were constantly in his ear. And the Every decision. Ah, oh, every yeah. And what was what was noticeable actually, Dave? Don't you But every time Johnson or his guard dog got up and started moaning at the fourth official, John McGrill stood up and walked over. So he was basically sandwich, yeah. sandwiching yeah. every single time. John yeah, McGrill yeah, would yeah. get up and just walk over yeah. there as if to say, "Sit back down." Experienced man for you, yeah. And then Dave, the culmination of all of this hard work, these chances, these openings, <clears throat> happens on on just on. Um, half time. Yeah, it did. I mean, there was a big Morsi, delay. It? it was a big delay. You, you mentioned it. The tackle yeah, by um, Evans on Jack Jacku. Um, I think I think mentioned. That, I mean, I mean, I mentioned in the group call? yesterday. There's a guy. There's guys who sits very near me and has done for years. And that if there is a room 101, that is his room 101. Opposing players going down, which they mm. did again several times yesterday to get a break <laughs> and everything else. And um, and it's, it's all it's all quite funny. You see everyone else who sits around, and when he eventually goes off on a stretcher, sort of eyes are sort of burning on the guy, sort of thing, you know. But that, that you know, that as you said, that sort of set the tone. But but the goal was um, it, it came from our it came from our throw. So Burns Burns takes quite for once we take quite a quick throw. Um, he's quite alert into um. I think the throw the throw goes into a Luca. Um, I think the throw goes into Morsey. Morsey touches it back, and it's a nice place. But again, a first time ball. I think from Burns to a Luca. Morsey, and this is how Morsey. Morsey, I think you said it, Craig. Morsey wasn't static yesterday, so Morsey continues his run, receives a ball, and it's a lovely sort of disguised pass. I mean, he's got that, hasn't he? He's a lovely disguised pass for once. I mean, if I am going to be critical of Bonnie, holds his run quite well. <laughs> um, a deflected cross, and then it's all about Norwood, isn't it? He's just aggressive and bloody wants that ball, doesn't he? And it's, it's not. It's, it's a hard finish. It's quite a hard finish. Because he has to, you know, time it, get easy. But you know, get it, I know he's only six, seven yards out, but he's aggressive. He wants that ball. He's going to win the ball. Good header, barring in, and no more than we deserved, really. Interesting yeah. celebrations. So after they celebrate, I don't know if Craig saw this, after they celebrate, he peels off on his own and goes straight to Kieran Dyer. And gives them a big fist pump, so wow. and and sort of big hug there. So there's obviously some encouragement, uh, some encouragement there for he's got a fan well, there, I think. Yeah, presumably he's been coaching him for the under twenty threes when he's yeah. been out in the yeah. hole, doesn't he? From clubs. yeah, so there's yeah. Some, yeah, there's some yeah a bond there, I think. So no, no, no more than we no more than we deserve. But I mean, what I was going to what I was going to say as a result of the Jacko injury, that was I think it was seven minutes, wasn't it? Seven minutes yeah. of time added on first half. So yeah. no. Um, and great time to great time to score. And it's worth saying as well. There, so there were there were a couple of times where Sunderland went down and 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 tried to regroup with Johnson on the touchline, didn't they? And it didn't affect us. You maybe against other teams previously. You know, if Rotherham had done that, if we started well against 
Rotherham and then they'd break the game up and reset, we probably would have fallen. But yesterday, at least in the first half... We just um, carried on, didn't we? I mean, the yeah. keeper did it very early, didn't it? Was it about 10, 8, 9, 10 15, minutes in? The keeper minutes. did it. And straight away, everyone's over to the touchline and Johnson's giving instructions and you're starting to think, right, okay, we're going to see a tactical change here to try and nullify, certainly nullify Burns because he was tearing them to pieces. But every time they tried it, on certainly like you said in the first half, we just rided it out and kept going, didn't we? It was great to see. And I think generally it was the whole energy and intensity of the first half. You know, we didn't let them play out play out from the back at all obviously with two up front held but you know Bon and Norwood were really closing down the fullbacks and the, yeah they were I'd say sixes and sevens we didn't create too much but yeah we were very very much in the ascendancy we were dominating I mean Edmondson had a few occasions where he was suddenly oh, appearing on the edge quick, of the edge of quick. their area wasn't he you know he was quick. you know the, yeah the, the press was absolutely superb yeah it was it really was what you say about tech go on sorry go on Rich I'm going to talk about the start of the second half. So if you've got something first half, then well, I was just going to say quickly just about tactical changes that they swapped Gooch around, didn't they? He he, they swapped yeah, him he away from right. Burns. Yeah, yeah they, they did. did. Craig, you mentioned I don't know if you deliberately did it or inadvertently did it that we all concede after a very short period of dominance <laughs> for the opposition. Second half starts to me. Sunderland noticeably moved up the pitch. They were very deep first half, maybe 10, 20 yards further up the pitch and started getting in behind us a little bit and realised there was a ball on there. And actually, the goal comes very shortly after the the restart. And it's it's, it's a really, I mean, yeah, your thoughts on whether this is, I'm, I'm fearing a David Diamond kind of answer to this one, but whether it's a nice move by Sunderland or whether we're just a little bit flat-footed. Certainly Evans doesn't do well with Neil for the for the ball that goes in. Your, yeah, well, Evan, Evans started... Evan started off in the first five five or so minutes of the second half. He started off. He misplaced a couple of passes, didn't he? He seemed to be like regressing back to safe, safe Evans, if you like. Um, and yeah, well, I think it was we'd sort of broken down the. Well, we, we had a long ball which they'd sort of mopped up down the left back area or left wing back area and fed it through to their midfield, and they knock it past Morsey. Then, then as you say, knock it past Evans. So both our central midfielders you know, could have probably taken off the team and pulled some back or got a thigh in the way and, and stopped one, someone from um, coming past them. But yeah, they knock it past both our central midfielders and all of a sudden there's a there's a space between Edmondson and Penny, not for the first, well, for the first time, but it happens pretty soon afterwards, doesn't it, as well? Um, which is slipped through and uh, yeah, as you say, Broadhead slides it down the side of Walton pretty comfortably, really. Um, exactly what you don't want, you know, we all know what the half-time talk would have been, you know, keep it quiet, you know, keep it nice and solid for the first five, ten minutes, you know, because they're going to come at us in the second half. And lo and behold, um, yeah, unfortunately, we, we conceded our, well, one of our two chances. And you look at the XG, I sent the XG chart through last night, and that was it. That's all they did. Their, their XG was pretty much flat line until they scored and almost flat line after they scored. Yeah, it was, it's, a, it's a nice enough finish, though, isn't it? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, he, he didn't look in any. Pro- he never looked like he was going to miss, did he? he? Just he was through and just slid it down the side without sure, any fuss whatsoever. I thought he gave him the eyes a bit, didn't he? he gave yeah, him he the eyes, and it's a good finish. But it was a it's a half assed challenge from Evans in there. Yeah, really half assed yeah. challenge. As Craig said, he just step across your man. He hadn't been booked. Well, I suppose he could have worse pick up a yellow. Just step across yeah. him. But it's, it's just one of the, it's yeah. so easy. It's one of those ones you just stick a thigh and you stick a, a thigh. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. Just take one. Yeah. Take one. Did, literally, yeah. take one for the team. And it, and perhaps I mean Edmondson is the left centre back, but is very central for that through ball. Makes you wonder whether that 
back three is obviously quite a new concept. Yes, needs some. Whether Wolf yeah. knew where to be, whether you know, and yeah. Nasty and all that kind of and stuff. I think yeah. I think Penny was marking a man as well. So I don't think it was Penny to be coming someone in narrow. Wide. I think he had someone, hit someone wide. wide to mark. Yeah. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with Talksport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. I've got I've got the your XG chart here that you shared with us. Yeah, there's, there's the goal, and then yeah, it's, <laughs> it's an L shape, isn't it? Basically, um, and it, um, for once, an Ipswich Town performance, which um, the XG suggests that we were unfortunate um, to draw. Spoiler alert! Um, but one one, nevertheless, it is. I mean, there's there's a there's a similar situation five minutes later. This time, Walton. Um, comes well. to the rescue with a decent save when Stuart tries to dink it. Um, and then we get a kind of a raft of substitutions and it, it was just a bit of a slow burn the second half and we didn't really get back into the match. So Sunderland didn't really push home their advantage or their, you know, their, their momentum. If I put the attacking um, momentum graph up there, there's a kind of flurry here up to about 60 minutes. And then it really kind of slackens off until I, I, I don't recall this huge burst here that happens towards the end of the game too much. Um, but Seb, there's a couple of changes that are coming up. Came Vincent Young comes on for for Penny, and um, a few minutes later, Chaplin comes on for Norwood. Your reflection on performances by both of those guys? I thought um, uh, Norwood did well. I guess with his, you know, obviously with his injury history and his his lack of match fitness, it was a sensible call to take him off. I did think maybe we'd see Piggott on for uh, um, for Bon at some point, but obviously that that didn't happen. Uh, Kvy for Penny, I didn't know they got in two or three times in the same area of the pitch, didn't they, with Edmondson sort of being dragged central. So I don't know if it was a, a tactical tweak by McGreal. KVY is a bit quicker, isn't he, than Penny. So maybe he thought if they're getting in down that side, if I put Vincent Young onto the left full-back position, he's got a bit of extra pace to try and get them out of trouble a little bit, maybe. And we Vincent Young has played left side for Cole U. We thought that might have been the case of Colch, um, Charlton. It certainly was the case of Colchester, by the way. Um, 
but your thoughts on on him being that side? I thought he did. I thought he did all right. He got himself forward a few times, got into the box, didn't he? Got to the byline a, a few times, like you say. McGreal had him there at, at Cole U, and I guess it'll be interesting to see where McKenna sees him because there's there's no doubt that left left back or you know the whole left side of the pitch is really the area which is going to be interesting in January in terms of new additions because it's just not worked in the first half of the season. So is he an option there? He's done it before at Colchester, uh, and I guess we'll, we'll have to wait and see. It's just that when he gets it, when he when he does make those runs and gets to the byline, invariably has to check back on his right yeah, foot. Back, yeah, yeah, right yeah it's, foot, a, it's so. a good point, Dave, because 73 minutes, Morsi has a shot that's blocked out to Vincent Young, who kind of tricks his way into the just the left hand side of the area and cuts in and, and curls. A, it's kind of a cross come shot, isn't it? Yeah, it's wide of the far post. Um, I don't know. Just, just a quick one about the subs, Rich. I was saying, obviously, we bought Chaplin on, but. You know. I'd, would you have brought Piggott on for Norwood? I know we probably want to keep the energy up, but crikey, if Piggott's not even getting on as a sub in a front two and Chaplin's coming on his... I know Chaplin had a shot or two, but mm-hmm. I didn't think he was that great when he came on. I don't think he did too much. See, I have I kind of put Chaplin in the same... in my Venn diagram of, of summer signings. A similar situation to Fraser in that both have made telling contributions to matches which, you know, aren't, you know aren't consistent. They're not seven or eight out of ten every week, are they? I know Fraser is probably, in some people's eyes, is less than that most weeks. I just wonder what Chapman's best position is in this 3-5-2, because he's not going to play up front. Um, Aluko seems to have made that position in the kind of number 10 or the attacking midfield spot his own after that performance yesterday. Fraser could play there. We've got a question about that too. Where do you play Chapman if, he, if he's not going to be a wing-back because you can play Burns there now. We know that now. Admittedly, probably need a better option. With Seb was saying at left, but where do you put Chaplin if this is the if this is the system now? The, the only place is the Aluko role, surely, isn't it? You know, the slightly yeah. advanced of the three central midfielders. But like yeah. you say, then you've got yeah. Selena, you've got Fraser, you've got Aluko. Did brilliantly there yesterday. So it's that's really that's good. the only place all these players can fit in that in that kind of formation, isn't it? Or or like you did yesterday, you play him as a sort of second striker, just a little, just dropped off a little bit off of the cent- this proper centre forward, if you like. So you've got a pseudo-attacking midfielder, shadow strike, what you want to call it, your FM um, terminology. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I didn't, I didn't think it really worked yesterday. I would I would like to have seen Piggott come on and play again with a proper two, two up the top yeah. and see what yeah. happened. Dave, there's, there's a run of Sunderland corners. We talked about in the pre-match show, they score quite, a, and we know they score from corners. Are you starting to get heart and m- mouth at this moment that we might throw? Yeah, you always, you always do, but I think, we defended them really well, didn't we? I think I don't see it. Can't recall any. I can't really recall them getting ahead on any of them. Can, did they? No, I, mean, I think Walton may have, Walton one, may have come for one or two. Um, I think we just defended them well. For once, I did notice yesterday we were leaving a Luco up. Well, certainly once or twice we did, and we weren't bringing all all ten men back, which is uh, which is again a bit of a bugbear of mine. So that was quite good. But yeah, I thought we dealt with them comfortably. I mean, after they scored, obviously the Stewart chance. Recreate anything, did they really? No, we, we looked the, more likely. Story, we just needed it? a needed a needed a break, I guess. But yeah, well, again, we had a flurry of corners, but again, we didn't. Similar situation, they sort of dealt with them yeah. well, didn't they? And as you mentioned, a few speculative efforts for Chaplin and Aluko, I think, towards the end. Yeah, Chaplin game. was a little bit. Yeah, there was there was one. Someone had an effort. Craig would have a good view of that, and it looked like it was going in. And Luco had maybe Luco had an effort, and just the, the head came out of nowhere. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that. yeah. I think I that was a Luco who had the shot. I can't, I can't remember, but yeah, we didn't really you know, say we missed clear cut chances. There weren't that many chances created, really, was there? 
yeah, and this is where I was going to go, Dave. So ends one all, um, an improved performance certainly. And we'll we'll talk about John McGreal and and you know his performance over these few mm. matches that he's had as interim manager. But kind of for me, this sums up the situation we are in and and the work that McKenna's got to do is despite that dominance, despite putting in a very combative performance, is that word? There are not clear-cut chances being made. There are no... the keep. No. I've got the stats for you here, if you just very quickly. So total shots, 16. Shots on wow, target, really? two. Okay. Um, big chances, two, including the goal, obviously. Um, but in terms of those clear-cut chances, the saves for the keeper, it was the same old, wasn't it, yesterday? It's a strange one because you, you look at Bond, and Bon hasn't scored for is it eight games, eight games now. But would you say he's missed chances? No, crew maybe, just, but yeah, yeah, okay, maybe crew, maybe crew, was, but... was it the header he had? Was that against Fleetwood? I know he had a header, sort of fairly point blank. But other than that, I haven't seen him have a chance. No. I really haven't, and I don't think it's down to his lack of movement or anything like that. There's just been no creativity there for him. Okay, that kind yeah, of shows really. how much we've, we've missed Burns, doesn't it? I think. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, go on. Spot tell on. us about yeah, tell us about that then, Seb, because he did make the difference, didn't he, Burns? Yeah. Well, we, we saw yesterday, yeah, in that first half, you know, the pace he's got, he can move the ball oh, so quickly up the pitch for us and it. turn, you know, on, on counterattacks. He's absolutely <laughs> superb. And he had that little run with Bond going at the start of the season, didn't he? Where you know the low board come in and Bond would peel away to the back post. So a bit of an understanding there, and we've missed him awfully in the last few weeks, haven't we? Yeah. yeah, but what it what it what it allows us, Surich, is if you've got Burns on the pitch and you've got two up front, you just play by definition. You play further up the pitch, don't you? You know, you're you're getting further up we the just pitch, did. and if we just yeah, did. and you and as you say, Rich, sorry, Dave, and if you say, Rich, if we can get someone of a similar ilk on the left hand side, and we don't know what formation McKenna's going to play, but it's going to allow you both sides to get further up the pitch. That's yeah. that's where I think Coulson's been the ma- a massive miss as well, hasn't he? He looked, yeah, he looked like he had that. He really he really did. He looked like I think Penny didn't when when Penny came in at the start of the season, I didn't think he started the season too badly. But then when you saw Coulson, especially going forward, you think, oh yeah, here's a definite upgrade here. And again, we just haven't we haven't had him either. And again, that's that's gone quite. Who knows? He might suddenly turn up and <laughs> start <laughs> 90, against Gillian. 90 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Lazarus, another Lazarus like performance but um yeah it's uh yeah but, but as you say seb's quite right burns is just critical to us really and it's craig two points against teams in the top six for a for a for a side without a manager clearly a little bit dysfunctional um john mcgrill your reflection on his spell in charge obviously not a great game of charlton or barrow but these points against Wigan and Sunderland, you know, he's, he's, he's done his absolute best here and and maybe has, has inadvertently given McKenna on a plate a, a formation and a system that is yeah. really good for us. Yeah, yeah, very possibly, actually. Yeah, looking at it from from that perspective, um, what was quite interesting, actually, is pretty much as soon as McGreal come in, he says he says something on the lines of, we're trying to get the guys to take the shackles off. You know, we're going to get and play with a bit more freedom. You think, well, Christ almighty, why have they not been playing with freedom under one of these, you know, form this all attacking Paul Cook formation. I know we've been, you know, we were seeing it with our own eyes. They weren't playing particularly with a lot of freedom, but just seemed a, an interesting thing to, to come out and say. Um, but no, you know, in terms of the games that we've played, you've played what Wigan at second and Sunderland a third. And the momentum we had towards the end of the Wigan game, certainly in the last half hour or so, we should have, could have arguably won that one. And yesterday we could have, should have arguably won that one. Um, so, you know, in terms of the teams that are in the 
top six or or seven you've got there at the moment. It's only really what Rotherham you could say, well can't argue Rotherham completely outplayed us, but Wigan no, Sunderland no, Wickham Plymouth, no. no, Plymouth um, no, Seb was at the first. Seb was at the first Sunderland game. You, obviously, you yeah. saw that as well. And frankly, they've nicked five points off us, really, yeah. haven't they? Yeah, I mean, we were more dominant. We were probably more dominant, or, or say more dominant. We created better chances in the first game, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, it's that strange, isn't it? We've, we've now played no real disrespect to Sunderland, but my God, they nicked that one. And yeah, we probably should have edged it yesterday. So there's five points straight away. Our games against Sunderland, it's the sixth time isn't it, we've played them in League One. And I think every single time it's the same. They are nothing special. Somehow yeah. they either score and we fold or they score against the run of play, etc., and get a point. And, you know, I've, I've not been impressed with them any single time I've seen them in League One. My boys yeah, they're, that, they're up there. My boys said that, was, that game yesterday virtually mirrored that game at the start of the season a couple of seasons ago. We absolutely same. battered yeah. them, didn't we, Under first half? Yeah. And then... I think Chambers got mugged in the corner, didn't he? Trying to let it go out for a corner. Was it Gooch or Honeyman scored? I can't. Gooch may have scored that day. I can't remember. Mm. And they absolutely mugged for you know mugged for a, a win that day as well. So yeah, we we do something against. Them. I'm not saying we were unlucky yesterday because we weren't. But yeah, on, on our first half dominance again, and probably overall, yeah, we probably deserve to win. You just need just need more than a goal. Don't we? we know we're not going to keep yeah. a clean sheet. Just yeah. after that first half, we just needed to be two 0 up, and I. I said during the week, I've got some mates who are Sunderland fans and they were there yesterday and I got a text from them at half-time saying that we can't play as badly second half. Well, no, they probably didn't, but we just needed to be 2-0 two, two up at least after the first half. And you just know that, you know what the Sunderland fans are like. And I've got a direct view. I look at them yeah, from my seat and they were moaning and all the misplaced passes They're in the quiet, first half. They really quiet. Yeah, they were quiet. They were quiet. And they were, yeah. you could see them shouting and them, moaning at the yeah. players. As soon yeah. as they score a goal... Oh, you know, we'll <laughs> sing your hearts out for the lesson. You, <laughs> God, two-faced, yeah. And the same as the same as the stadium of light, isn't it? You play at the stadium of light, and seven, you were there. Oh, they were yeah, quiet they as a mouse. Oh, you yeah, they were, they were moaning sounds, at Johnson. Yeah. They were calling them all Nothing the names under the sun. I mean, Two nil. That, that was much. a result, probably. I mean, again, how many times have we said that? You know, you play Ipswich, you you get a result, and off you go on a run. But if that result would have gone wrong for Johnson, which it should have done, yeah. Seb that day. He'd have been gone, wouldn't he? On the Monday morning, he'd have been sat, surely. They were up, they were, they were booing and they stuff. They weren't happy at all. And then when they scored the goal, Christ, they celebrated like they won the Champions League. And they were running down to the front and stuff. And, you know, it's... <laughs> they were. Yeah. Johnson. Whereas, whereas we're nothing, we're nothing like that. No, we are <laughs> always the same. Even keel, we don't get too up Very too down. Corinthian exactly right. fans we are, mate, yeah. Right. And we turn up in big numbers every single week. Doesn't need a pack-up Paul and road promotion. Anyway, no, um, stop with the sarcasm. Let's do some plugs very quickly. BlueMondayITFC.co.uk is where you can find all of the information, um, all of our um, feeds for our podcast, for YouTube, um, all of our Instagram, Facebook, Twitters, um, if you want to support the channel via donations, we've had a lot of those over the last few weeks. Thank you to everyone who's done that. Um, we love what we do. We're always going to put it out there free of charge, but it obviously helps us do, it helps us buy lights. No, it doesn't. I, I'm not using it for lights. Um, but we really appreciate that. Thank you for everyone for that. Um, we've got some bits and pieces that we're working on as well um, that we'll reveal probably in the new year. So it just helps us do more of that kind of stuff. So thank you for that. We don't really know the situation with shows next week. Obviously, matches, sounds like Gillingham are hopeful about Boxing Day, so we keep our fingers crossed. We will be putting shows out during Christmas and New Year, 
We just haven't really decided when. So keep a lookout on bluemondayitfc.co.uk. We've got the, the running order for the week on there and look out on our socials. We'll be putting details out there. Um, so we'll have some, some we'll have some Christmas surprises for you, I'm sure, Christmas presents for you in the form of podcasts um, over those few weeks. But obviously it's downtime for us too. So keep an eye out that way. Um, guys, let's do some Twitter questions, shall we? And I have no idea how I'm going to do this equitably. So if you feel like you haven't said something for a while, put your hand up. We'll go back to the kind of school mentality of doing it. Sir, sir, can I answer a question? Um, so let's head back to it. Um, I've got two questions I want to merge together. Will Airy, which player will see the biggest change in minutes played under the new manager? And Mark Beck, hello chaps. Merry Christmas and happy and healthy new year to you all. With J-Mac handing over to K-Mac from Monday, who would you like to see rejuvenated, reintroduced or repurposed within the squad? Um, Barry and Harper out from the cold, question mark. Fraser to play in his number eight. Um, I'll get a name from each of you, one name if I can, a player that you think or hope will be rejuvenated or repurposed or reused to use as Mark's words under Kieran McKenna. We'll start with Seb. Wolfenden. Okay. Started to play his way back into the team already. Yeah, I'll give you another he's, one. he's got that ability, hasn't he, whereby he can, you know, he's the one that can bring the ball out from defence and link it with the midfield. He was he, you know, he made a couple of appearances in the cups and the EFL trophy and stuff, but he was miles away from the league kind of programme, wasn't he? And so hopefully now he can get a decent run of games because alongside Edmondson, I think he is a, he's you know for me he's he's, he's way ahead of NCR and uh, and uh, Burgess. Dave Harper, I think Raheem Harper. So much promise there, just so much, isn't it? And just seemingly, seemingly has lost his way. So you would think, you know, a new coach is coming in could get hold of someone like that, and because he's obviously twenty one, twenty two, and develop develop someone like that, I'd I'd like to see because the the lad's got it, but loss of confidence. Um, I think he perhaps a, a fit and you know, I say a fit and confident Harper. I would say could perhaps going forward offer more than Lee Evans. So yeah, I'd say I'd say Harper. Craig. Yeah, I was going to say the same. Actually, pretty much word for word what Dave said. You know, having given him the Player of the Season award at Dartford away, I've got to, I've got to continue backing my man. Unfortunately, um, no, exactly that. That and and as well being that age and you know the the background that that McKenna's got, you would hope that. They would both, you know, be mutually beneficial for each other in terms of Harper be all ears and and you know he's of an age where McKenna might be able to grab him and you know drag it drag him up and and exactly as they said that in that position if we go you know let's caveat all this we don't know what formation you know McKenna's going to play you know we could end up playing a straight four four two and we're back to square one but I, I think it's hardly unlikely so <laughs> no, no. I but then, and and by the same token. Where's Kyle Edwards going to fit into all this? Mm. That would have been my other. Thought, yeah. yeah. Do, do you think Edwards could fit in? Do you think he could be coached into a left wing back role? He's not bad defensively and he's got an engine getting up and down. Could he maybe provide what Burns does on the right if, if they can coach any product? Oh, into imagine. It, you know? oh my goodness, man. I mean, again, it's the less division. Possibly. That's a interesting yeah, if shout out. If he's going to play three yeah. at the back, I guess, you know, if he goes back go. to 4 that's... 2 3 1. Two footed as well. Excited. Not scared oh. to use his uh, not scared to use his left foot either. So yeah, wow. More um, more end product maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of someone who's got a question mark over them about whether they are 
um, going to be featured under Kieran McKenna's um, leadership. Um, from Mullet, watch your lads. Does Norwood provide a conundrum for fans? Hard to deny his opportunity, opportunism, but hard to love his off-field stuff. Can we expect more as a player in terms of contribution and conditioning and still um, be happy to see him put them away? Yours conflicted of the North. Anyone want to talk about Norwood and the kind of the pros and cons that you get with him and whether he's got a role to play in this team? I'll pick on Craig. Um, well, you, you can't deny that he has got a role to play because he's scored you know, a goal in each of the two league appearances, or one, one and a half league appearances that he's had in the last week or so, hasn't he? And he just, we say all the time, he just creates chaos, doesn't he, wherever he is, both on, on and off the pitch, arguably. <laughs> um, but and I know there was, there was a conversation that went on and GB came in about saying a fully fit Norwood, blah, blah. That's the issue, isn't it? It's a fully fit Norwood. How long... Is he going to remain fully fit and you can therefore rely on him to, to be playing again and again and again? He, although to say that he's played three games or been involved in three games this week, hasn't he? So let's hope that you know he's he's put that those bits and pieces behind him. He can only be a, a benefit to us. The issue being is he's out of contract next season. Oh, sorry, next summer. And I don't imagine a 31 going into 32-year-old James Norwood is going to be kept on. So you may well be making the most of him for the next five months of the season, or if someone comes in in January and they McKenna's got his own ideas about what he wants up top, you may we just don't know. We, while he's here, I think you make the most of him. Dave, let me chip in this question from Dave Gore. Norwood and Bond really are horrible to play against if you're a centre-back, aren't you? Your thoughts on that partnership yes, from yesterday? Oh, Craig, Craig or Seb, I can't remember who said it earlier on, exactly the same. They're in, you know, they just don't give the defenders, they're quite both quite mobile, aren't they? They just don't give the defenders a moment's, a moment's <laughs> peace. Personally, I always think if you are going to play two-man, cool, I know, old dinosaur, but I do like to see big man, slightly smaller <laughs> man. So I, I would I would have, in a two, I perhaps would have, would have Piggott or at least give Piggott a try up there with a with a partner. You know, he hasn't really, I don't think, really had that opportunity yet. So in a two, I would I would certainly give him a go. But yeah, going forward on on the on the basis of yesterday, I've got really no great problem with with Piggott and Bond. Because you because you know they didn't certainly first half. And I, I think we said, you know, energy levels did dip and probably that was a bit, you know, Norwood's general perhaps general overall overall fitness. They just you know, didn't let them play out from the back. They were strong. They were, use that word again, combative. Um, yeah, but I would maybe like to see Piggott given a chance there. Okay. Uh, we've Instead, we've got questions about the three-five-two. Let me see what I can do about this. Um, let's start with Chris Rand. Three-five-two, so much better to have three midfielders working together on the halfway line instead of two of them shackled to the front of our penalty area. Going forward... They still have four in front of them, just like they do with four, two, three, one. So it's win-win. Will McKenna agree, Seb? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah, we noticeably played further up the pitch. Obviously, Morsi got the what is it? The kids call it the pre-assist. Is that what it's called these days? Yeah. The, the the through ball through from Bond's cross and the stuff. Kids, so... I call it that. I'm not a kid. <laughs> <laughs> you are according to your photo and uh, the pre-match show, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it's a decent, you know, it's, a, it's great to have the three in midfield. And I guess if you want to get Fraser back in the side, then a, a three there is definitely the way to do that as well. But I thought Luca did great yesterday. And Alex Hare asked some, some hard choices to make in general. We've kind of already talked about this. If 3 5 is working better for the players we have, is it good by Selena? 
Um, well, again, he's one that could play in that Aluko role, isn't he? If, we, if we're going to play a one behind, if it's going to be a three, two, three, four, one, two with somebody behind the front, the front two, Selina can play that role. But then obviously you've got Chaplin. Aluko did really well yesterday. It's a, an embarrassment of riches for for the new guy. But if he is going to play that system, that's probably the only place Selina could do it really, unless like Chaplin, you put him up top and he's like a, a, a buzz around the central striker. The I mean, what, what, Craig, oh, 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 I knew you were going to come in, Craig. I've got another question for you on the similar matter. Don't worry. Um, if And you're on strike one for that comment as well, by the way. Um, <laughs> Oliver, after all the number 10s we have assembled, De Luca make a more impressive contribution than any of them yesterday? He's the most impro- improved player. I don't think he's improved. I think he's the most surprising player based on possibly some preconceptions we all had. Um, that's that's my addition, not Oliver's. Can, and he continues to impress equally with two in front. Uh, and behind, would this now get the most from Fraser, Craig? Um, well, in terms of Luca, we just need somebody to play that role consistently well for a number of matches, don't we? That's that's what we need. We just need to start having, you know, guaranteed players playing in certain positions for a longer period of time. Because, as we said, we've they've all had flashes of doing well in that position in, and flashes within games of doing well in that position. We just need someone that's nailed on that's going to be that position. Like we said about the goalkeeper in the past, hopefully for the next couple of weeks anyway, we've got settled. Um, but yes, Aluka did absolutely fantastic yesterday. He just needs to do it again at Gillingham on Boxing Day, doesn't he? And then needs to do it again midweek against Wickham, etc., etc. Just a quick one before, before going to phrase it. In terms of Selena, that would be interesting actually in term, because I don't know what, what the agreement is in terms of the loan, you know, whether he is able to go back in January or how much of his wages we're paying towards him being here, et cetera, et cetera. It always seemed like a bit of a um, glamour signing, if you like. If if McKenna doesn't think he's going to get much use out of him in terms of the amount we're paying for him, I wonder if he will, if he's allowed to, whether they will send him back in January. I don't, we, we don't know because we're just overloaded, as we all know, in that position. In terms of Fraser, possibly... Yes, I know, Rich. Yeah, I know. I know you like him. but And there's no reason to think he can't, but he hasn't shown it at all so far. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He, he'll yeah, be down the picking order in terms of the next one in line, should a Luco tail off, I'd have thought. And it'll be... Obviously, we'll see what happens against Gillingham, but this system and this team kind of feels like it's their positions to lose now. That's the, the mentality that notionally Paul Lambert tried to impose, but you'd be very... Unless there's fitness issues... You'd be hard pushed to make massive changes against Gillingham, would you? I mean, McKenna's not going to suddenly shift us to, I don't know, a totally different formation, is he? He's no. probably going to try and have some continuity, like Dave. Yeah, you think like, you'd think like for like. I mean, I was, what I was going to say, just going forward, which is interesting, as a result of our debacle, debacle in the week, we've got a two-week gap, so it's going to be plenty of time to get the players out on the um, out on the training pitch. So after the yeah. Lincoln game, we're not playing again till Bolton away on the 15th. So he's going to have a lot of time to lot of time to work with the players, which is a which is a good thing. Just whistle through the last few. Some oh, someone making a point there. I can't see. No, it. just that's really that's a really good point. That you know maybe we're just thinking ahead. John McGreal, new you know loser away at Barrett gives a new guy two weeks in January to get his <laughs> ideas across. Uh, he's <laughs> a genius. Like... He's a genius. <laughs> um, Paul Westlake. 
I like to I like to pull. And Luca outstanding for me. Morsi showing real grit too. Not trying to be controversial, but I like to see Piggott. There you go. Piggott and Norris and or Chapman and Norris. One needs a rest. I think we've talked about giving one maybe a rest there. Uh, what else have we got? Adam Vajani. I thought we were decent, if unspectacular today. Looks like a system for us, if I'm honest. Um, round pegs in round holes. Um, he's, his worry is the new coach might go back to that one up front. Does it feel like we've now established the case just very quickly, yes or no's, for two up front with this team, at least with this squad? Whether McKenna's got a favourite um, tactical system or not, it does feel like this team lends itself very much. We've said three at the back, but two up front, yes, no's, Seth? In this league, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, Dave. Yes, in the end league, you know. Craig. Yeah, league one, yeah. yeah. There we go. Yeah. Make it so, Kieran. <laughs> uh, what else have we got? Um, shouldn't be clicking around. Um, FBI Tractor, my boy, said if they keep trying that hard, they'll do well, won't they? Was I right to say yes, if they do? Um, Dave, is this a is this a, a flash in the pan type performance given all of the off field stuff, or is this are you hopeful this is now the level? Oh, it's a base, isn't know. it? It's disappointing that we didn't get the win, which we said, which we all said we probably deserve, but it's a base to work from, and yeah. you know, I think finally seemingly it, uh, it was the best it was the best performance from a number 10 which we've all said is a bit of a key a critical role a key role in the side um aluko put certainly put in the best performance of a number 10 i've seen i've seen this season so yep. uh, yeah certainly something to build on i would hope but yeah, that's exactly part. right, isn't it? And I know it's a di- you know Dave says about being a dinosaur about this sort of thing, but it is pretty simple. You just need to be up for it. If you're up for it, no, and it, and it, it just filters through the team, doesn't it? From Bond through to Morsey, you know, just through to Edmondson, just just need to be up for it. Which they weren't at Charlton, which they certainly weren't at Barrow. Just for some reason, it just seems to be one week to the next. There's a one Rotherham game. are the best example of that. They really are. They absolutely yeah. their intensity yeah. over ninety Every minutes game. was just phenomenal. And yeah, game, game on game, not just and, within you know, the match. We, we see the next it game, yesterday next again, yesterday game. again. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk about them in the roundup. Yeah, good shout. Um final question, and I've done some research on this one, so I'll, let me give you some names instead. Mill Valley Blue, who are two League One players you think we should buy in January? Who would you let go? I think we've dealt with letting players go to an extent there. Here's some names I've got. I've got five or six names and you can pick two from them. Jay Matete from Fleetwood. <laughs> Tom Lowry from Crew. I'm trying to pick the teams down the bottom of the league that um, we might, if we bid, we're more likely to get bids accepted. So Matete, Lowry, Cole Stockton from Morecambe, if you're on a striker. Max Clark, Fleetwood, or Cohen Bramall from Lincoln, your left-backs. I've got two other forward options for you. Aaron Drinnan um, from, from Lane Orient and Tyree Simpson from Swindon. Um, anyone got any particular favourites out of the, or any other names that they want to chuck in that? Matete for, for me. Yeah, oh, he, was, Mors, he, was, he was brilliant. He was brilliant. Yeah, if they could so stop good. being... Stop it right. being at each other's throats in training like they were during the whole the whole match. We I mean, I love again. to see. I don't know if anyone's followed his stats since that game, but he was outstanding that game. Yeah, yeah certainly be, for an hour at least. He yeah. might be the new ja- Jamal Campbell Rice, might we? Haven't really well, seen yeah, but my goodness me, he was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Tyree Simpson's an interesting one, isn't he? Because he would fit brilliantly if we're playing oh, two up front. An absolute short, unit, short absolute man, unit. Yeah. So that is an interesting. Um, that is an interesting shout. Yeah, 
There you go. That's the questions. Thank you so much for everyone who got involved in the questions. Appreciate those. Apologies if we didn't have time to read yours. We either talked about it already um, or I missed it. And apologies for that. Um, just going a brief roundup. Um, let's put the league table up, shall we? Ooh. Just worth cantering for you. Some of the scores yesterday, obviously, around a fixture is largely scuppered by the C word, and the C word isn't Christmas or that other word. We mentioned Rotherham, 1 0 win at Cambridge, just keeping up their relentless consistency. Um, Morecambe, 0, Fleetwood, 0, down the bottom. Oxford, 2, Wigan, 3. Wigan, certainly. Um, looking good at the moment, aren't they? And Oxford, we know, can kind of go on streaky runs. Another goal for Will Keane in that one. The battle of the new managers, Plymouth 1, Charlton 0. Johnny Jackson made permanent manager now at Charlton <laughs> on this kind of interesting recurring um, auto-renewing deal, which is quite interesting. But it was always going to be the case that John Jackson did really well while he was caretaker or interim manager. As soon as it becomes permanent, the kind of curse of the new manager, isn't it? So They are I'm below sure us in the league as well, still. They are 12th, yeah. I've put the league table back up there. They are just below us, aren't they? So equal on points. Um, and finally, um, we've got Shrewsbury 3, Cheltenham 1, another kind of game down the bottom there. Shrewsbury doing their best to keep their heads above water in the bottom four. That is your lot. Gentlemen, thank you for packing out Blue Monday with me. Appreciate that. Appreciate your contributions, your insights as ever. Um, this might, this may or may not be our last flagship, certainly, before Christmas. So I will allow each of you to say farewell and also pass on your Christmas wishes if, if in case you don't feature before Christmas and then we'll say goodbye. Um, let's go in. Let's go, Seb. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thanks for all, all the views and stuff over the last 12 months. And here's to the new Paul McKenna. I've done it already. Paul hey. McKenna. I keep calling him Paul McKenna. Hey. Here's to the new Kieran <laughs> McKenna yeah. era. Brilliant. Look into my eyes, not around the eyes. Um, <laughs> hey, have you got a Christmas wish for next next half of the season just, as well? Have I got a Christmas wish for next season? I oh, don't know. No, just just for next for the new year. Yeah, just for three of three or four wins on the on the spin. I think. Yeah, just some consistency <laughs> and some <laughs> winning nice, consistency and mentality back at the club. And um, uh, as following Serbia, yeah, Merry Christmas to one and all, and thanks for listening and subscribing to all our wonderful followers. Yeah, Craig. Yeah, exactly the same. Echo, echo the guys. Merry Christmas, everyone. Have a have a great time with your your friends and family, um, and hopefully we can enjoy the, <laughs> the football if we're allowed to over yeah, over Christmas. Christ knows what it will look like. And if, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And any oh, and any Seinfeld fans, it's it's Festivus on the twenty third of December. Put in your diaries, everyone. Yeah, um, isn't it? I'll echo this, the same sentiments from the guys. Thank you, everyone who's um, subscribed or followed us. We've got um, uh, we've crossed a lot of milestones in the last few weeks. We've got over four thousand followers on Twitter. If that's how you measure success, um, we've got over two thousand um, subscribers on YouTube. Always welcome more. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a subscribe. All that kind of stuff. But great levels of engagement on our live shows. Thank you, everyone who's contributed, interacted given a question um, and, and got involved in that because we do this stuff for you guys. We we would be chatting anyway about football. It's great that folk get involved in that. And, and along with the guys, I wish everyone a Merry Christmas, a safe Christmas, a relaxing one, hopefully, and hopefully some football for us to be talking about in the next few weeks. We'll be here um, to talk through all of it and we'll be back in the new year as well. So look after yourselves and stay safe and we'll see you soon.
Sport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurant. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.